In these uncertain days, there is a person who offers peace. His name is Jesus. People from all walks of life are gathering in his house to hear from him. It's time for you to join the movement. Acts chapter 18, glad you're in the house. Hope you get right in the Word of God. Also hope that you download our app for our church if you don't have that. Uh, the outline notes are there for you as well. Today I'm talking about, look on the screen, a city called Corinth and a city called Jackson. Here's what the Bible says, chapter 18, verse 1. After this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. After this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. Now, we're going to say more about Corinth in just in a few moments, but Paul would write a letter to them, and he would remind this church that he's going to plan of how they're to live. It's 1 Corinthians 13. Look as it comes on the screen for, for us together. I want you to say it, say it with me out loud. Let's say it together. Love is and Love does not envy or boast, is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way, is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Now, notice this next slide as it comes up. Say it with me. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. So let me ask you, does that describe you? Does that describe you? You see, if you love God and you love people and you're leaning into God, I want to tell you, no matter where you go, you impact. Because the world that we live in does not do these things. Can I get an amen? So when Paul went to Corinth, he was a guy that was out of character for the city that he went to. I want to tell you, student, when you go into your classroom, you should be of a different character than those without Christ. If you go tomorrow into your job setting or this afternoon, uh, one person left the service this morning and the first service when he finished the service, hey man, tell me about your job. He says, I, I work for Ken's and he said, I go get in a truck right after the second, uh, first service and I won't be back home till next Saturday. I thought, man. So he's going to go all over the south and then his ministry, Brother Don, but he's called by God to live and work where he drives. And the way that God wants us to do that is what we've just put on the screen together today. So I want to say this to you today, that, but to do that, now watch this, to do that, we have to do some things. My brother's already put the first thing we need to do is this. Paul did this. He came to the city of Corinth to live, to work, and to do ministry. So now think about that with me for just a moment. He came to Corinth. Now let me tell you a few things about Corinth that if you were in our Wednesday Bible study, and guys, you can be. Six o'clock on Wednesday morning, we love to have you. Uh, they'll feed you a wonderful breakfast. These young guys, well, they do a great job. So you sell that every week. Well, you ought to be there. We're getting ready to have changed rooms. It's so full. And also on Saturday morning once a month, we had over 30 guys yesterday. What a, what a magnificent time that God did in our lives just yesterday morning. Men, we are part of changing the world, and you be part of that. But Paul came to the city of Corinth, and he started to live there. He said, how do you know that? Because wherever he went, he realized three things. They're not in your notes. He knew that people needed a Savior, and he knew that they didn't know they needed a Savior, but he knew the Savior. And so wherever you go today or tomorrow, I know you've got life's issues, but with the love of the Lord Jesus Christ, I want to tell you this, you can impact, if you're willing to listen to this, to go to a place and to live and to work and do ministry. Here's what the Bible says that he did. Acts chapter 18, say amen if you're in verse 2. 
The Bible says here, and he found a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontius, recently come from Italy with his wife. Well, why did they come there, Keith? Here's what it says. Priscilla, his wife, was with them. They came there because Claudius had commanded all the Jews to leave Rome. They had to leave. They did not that they wanted to, but they were being pushed out because of persecution. These Jewish believers... And so Paul came to them, and this is kind of kind of amazing. And the scripture says, because he was of the same trade. You say, what do you mean the same trade? Look, look this way, ministers work. I kid sometimes with you here at church and life about me working one day a week. You know, it's kind of kind of light in the mood for a moment. But can I tell you, everybody on this staff works 60 to 80 hours a week. We wear out more shoe leather than you'd ever imagine. Ministry is tough, but it's blessing. So Paul came, and listen, he found, he, found, he found this sign that said, A and P tent makers. Aquila and Priscilla tent makers. And he thought, well, I'm going to live here. And since I'm going to live here, and I need to make a living here, and I'm a tent maker, guess what he did? He joined them. And he asked them, and since they were believers, now watch this. When a group of people are called by God, you know what they ended up doing? They end up to migrate together. And you know what it's called? A church. It's called a church. It's really called a church. A group of people from different walks of life come together on the banner of the cross of Jesus and they're come together because the truth of the matter is you and I could never get together unless it's God. I mean, who would ever think a bunch of people like us would get together, do the things that we do? I mean, my neighbor is Santa Claus. I mean, think about that. How could that be? And a, and a Southern Baptist get together in the same place and he grew up Southern Baptist. I mean, and, and have a Notre Dame fan to be in, in my family. How in the world could that ever be a, a recovering Catholic? How could that ever be? It's only by the power of God. And so there they were, and I want you to notice how Paul did ministry in verse number 4. The Scripture says here, and he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath, and he tried to persuade Jews and Greeks. Here was his routine that he did in his life. In the morning time, he'd begin his work, set up his shop, tent making all day long. Can you see Larry Duke coming with his tent? Okay, he said, hey, you got to fix this tent up better. He comes. He sits down with them, and as he's working on his tent, you know, some guys are pretty persnickety, and they want to make sure you take care of their tent. So here's what they do. They sit there and watch. How many of you want to watch people do the work on your vehicle? Amen? Other things? You just kind of want to be there. And so they're there. And so next thing you know, Paul, Paul asks, hey, where are you from? Tell me your story. Well, I live here in Corinth. Here's what Paul knew about the city of Corinth. It was the most wicked city of its day. It was far more wicked than any other place he had been. Athens was a schoolboy in comparison to Corinth. Corinth had been a Greek city, one of the largest of its day. Rome had conquered them, and because they'd conquered them, they brought all their pagan gods, and they, they put together all these pagan gods. Do you know that even centuries after Corinth changed? Now listen to this. When anybody wanted to talk about something filthy or someone was immoral, you know what they'd call them? Corinthians. They call them Corinthians. So the city of Corinth, you look at it today, could be any major or city in America today. It could be San Francisco. It could be Atlanta. It could be some other cities that are around us. But one thing John MacArthur said that stuck in my eyes about them was this. They were so grossly immoral, they were so drunken in their debauchery that most people would have stayed away. Homosexuality was rampant, stealing, they were coveting, there was every form of evil. That's what characterized them. But God said to Paul, love them. Now, our city is certainly not like Corinth, but we have Corinthian people in our city. And the truth of the matter is that one day, those of us who are in Christ, that, that was us. Or it would be us now had the grace and the mercy of God not enter into our lives. But so you see, that when you, when you choose a place to live and do ministry, you don't choose based upon where you want to go or where it's the best job or where it's the easiest. You've got to choose where God wants you to go. 
And so he came to the city of Corinth, and there he did ministry. And the Scripture said, now notice this in verse 5, when Silas and Timothy arrived, Silas and Timothy were part of his ministry team, and now they got there, and they found Paul. Now watch, they, they, they found him over the ice cream shop. They found him on vacation. They found him posting negative things about people, putting them down. No, the Bible says this, Paul was occupied with the Word. To be occupied means this, that it gets your number one attention. It is the thing that's most important in your heart. You know what Jesus said in Matthew 6 and 21? He said, where your heart is, there will be your treasure. So Paul spent the most of his time working while he was there. And listen to me, many of us waste our work. I mean, really, come on now. It is a battle of the mind. I find it all the time that, that people are just this, this, they want to do better. Am I right? People want to do better, but they end up get thinking in things. And, and they, when they start thinking, the longer that they think, the less that they do because they get tied up more in their thoughts. And I want to tell you this today, that when you find yourself joining a group of people, now listen to me, if you'll get in a church of people, Paul, Paul, listen, Paul could not not occupy because there were two other believers in their Christian business, and he knew along with them that iron sharpens iron, hallelujah. And the problem that some of us have is this, is that church is just an add-on to our lives. I want to tell you that you'll never be successful in this world as a believer. You'll never be able to win your business, your school, unless you're connected with a church. And so there Paul was, and I want to encourage you, my friends, I want to celebrate you that in this city you are making an impact. You are impacting your business, you're impacting your work, you're just ministering on the road. Wherever you are, you're making an impact for the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because you say, how do you know? Because look around you, the rooms are filling up. Preschool area is running over. Our men's ministry is about to have to move into other areas. Uh, the women's ministry and all three of them are just running over. Every area, our student ministry, every area of this church is running over. So here's why. Because you've made the decision to live, to do ministry, and to work in this city. And I applaud you for that. But there's some of you need to change your mindset so that you can occupy yourself to get more, watch this, out of your mind and out about your life. The second thing that Paul did was this. He continued to work. He stayed there. Now watch there. The Bible says this. He continued to live, work, and do ministry in the city despite, now watch this, a few closed doors. I don't know why it is that sometimes that, that we get all upset. Here's what the Bible says in, in verse number 6. And, and when they, the, the Jew, the, he was testifying to the Jews that Christ was Jesus. And in verse 6 it says, and, and when they opposed him. Now think about this for a moment. As Paul was teaching in the synagogue, now think about this very clearly. As he was teaching there, somebody stood up and said, I don't believe that. Now how many of you take your ball and go home? I don't believe that. Well, friend, you know what? I don't believe everything that other people say. But they didn't only oppose him, they reviled him. They began to heckle him and said, not only don't we believe it, but we're not going to have it here in this dead synagogue. Watch, a door closed. Nine and a half years ago when I came to this church, this church was desperate for God and not me. I just had to be the one fanning the flame a little bit. And as we began to grow, we began to reach out. And we went in one particular area to try to do ministry. And we went down in that area to, to reach across cultural lines and, and demographic lines. And we reached, reached across even color lines. We reached across it all. And the people who were there said this to us. They looked us right in the eyes and, said, and enjoyed us. I presented us what we, to them what we wanted to do. And they said no. They said, no, 
I didn't come back to our church crying, pouting, putting them down, preaching against them. You know what my grandpa taught me in eastern Kentucky in those mounds? He taught me to plow around the stumps. So what's a stump? That's when you're in the something in the a tree, you know, a tree has a root, correctly. Those of you that know all the a tree has a root, and when you cut it, sometimes the stump is still there, and sometimes you got to go around it. And what we did as a church just went around it. We did not quit. And can I tell you, nine and a half years now, all those walls are down. All those walls are down now, and we are ministering in all those areas now where that we were told no before because we said this, we've come to stay. We've come to be a light to the darkness. And some of you need to wake up now to this reality and go home and say to a kid that's not with you today. You need to go home and, and sit down and get in the closet. Jesus told his disciples in the Sermon on the Mount, he said, enter into the closet and shut the door. The closet is your private time with God. To shut the door means that you turn off all your social media and you enter into secret because God only speaks in secret. He speaks openly to us and congregationally, but one-on-one -on -one about your part of the work and your vision. He speaks to you all to go home and get along with God and say, God, I know there's been some opposition, but in Jesus' name as we sang today that you are greater still, and I believe in greater things, and claim that. Go into houses and cast out the devil. Go into a child's room when maybe they're not there. Put your hand over the door. If you're having trouble in the house, put your hand over the door. Remove the enemy from your presence. Because God is greater still. You know what Paul did? So Paul said, okay, you don't want me? Look what he says here. The Bible says this in verse number 6. He says, he said, okay, he shook out his garments. That's a, just a Jewish way of saying, I'm done in this area. He said, your blood be on your own heads. I tried to share the gospel. You didn't want it. I'm innocent. Can you and I say that in our city? That in every business, in every street, and in every, every school, that we are innocent, that we are going. I believe we are. Now, I notice that from now on, I will go to the Gentiles. In other words, the rest of the time I'm in your city, I won't darken the door of this place. I won't bother you. I'll let you die on your own. I'll let you die on your own. I love you, but you won't let me love you. And notice what the Scripture says. So he said this. He went to the house of a man named Titus Justus, a worshiper of God. And this is cool. This is cool. His house was next door to the synagogue. If you don't like me, I'll just go next door. I love that. What's wrong with you people, friends? You know what's wrong with y'all? Some of y'all grew up in a church that split, didn't you? Oh, don't talk about that. Well, it split. No, it didn't. It multiplied. God works in spite of us. But this was a dead church. And listen, if you're in a dead church, listen, people are coming to us from everywhere telling us some of the off stories in the world. They're just coming. And we receive them because, watch, when God gathers a group of people together, he begins to do positions, us do a powerful work. And so he went next door, I love this, and listen to me, the Crispus, the ruler of the synagogue, the guy who was the lead trustee, Mark, the, the guy that was responsible who preached and caring for the facilities, was moved by the Lord. He gets up, he believes in the Lord, and he goes to his entire household and leaves and just goes next door. Friends, we're having people come from Ingalls. We're having people come from the dollar store. People are coming from everywhere. And I'm telling you, if you'll open up a connect group in your house, they'll come to your house. But you've got to plow around some things and quit listening to closed doors. Your neighbor may have said, no, 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 a hundred times, but go a hundred and one. Because listen to me, their soul is worth it. And so Paul just set up shop next door, and the Scripture says, that, and he believed Christmas through the entire household, and here it is, and many of the Corinthians heard Paul believed and were baptized. Do you see it? They just started coming. In two weeks, mark it down in your calendar, September 24th. 
It'll be the day here in the church that we gather together for baptism. We have four folks now going to be baptized. Some of you need to email us this week, say it's time that I take the next step in my faith. I've been saved, but I've never fought in believers' baptism. Let us know this week. They began in Corinth now in this wicked place. Homosexuals, people got saved. People's lives were changed. They became different. You say, Pastor, I'm not getting this. Well, look what Paul said to them, writing to them. Look, it comes on the screen from 1 Corinthians chapter 6. He said this to them, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexual immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers. Now watch this, the next slide comes. Nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Now wait a minute, leave the slide right there for a moment. Some of you would say this. That's a bad group of people. Man, I can't believe that's who they were. Well, friend, look at the next slide as it comes on now. Here's what Paul wrote. And such were some of you. One of our guys in the prayer room said this morning that he met somebody in the line. We served 285 people yesterday. Affected their he said this. He, he was saying to them, say, hey, if you look around here, you'll find a few sinners here too. I said, man, could you find anybody that wouldn't? Because the truth of the matter is this church is made up of former all kinds of people. Former adulterers, former homosexuals, people who are former hateful, mean spirited. We were lost. But now notice what God did. He washed us in the blood of Jesus. We were redeemed and we were set aside by God, saying, I want you to be holy. We were declared right in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. He says, You are different. But here's the problem. Many of us, we say that we love this city and that we're living in this city, but we want to do our best on the weekend just to get away from the city. Some of you, some of it's the truth. You work all week long for the one, you kind of keep your head down. Or at home, you just kind of keep your head down. You're just, you're just trying to get away from your schedule every vacation as you can. Your schedule being on the road, trying to be away from it. I'm going to tell you something. What you need is to get out of your comfort zone. I don't tell you that. I just I don't want to tell you that. I just want to tell you this day. I wrote this down in my notes that when God positions you, He gives you power. But when that power comes, now watch this. You've got to get beyond your personal comfort zone, or you'll never really make an impact. You say, well, what do you mean by that? Well, notice what the Bible says in verse number nine of your text, and we're coming down to the end. In verse number nine, and the Lord said to Paul one night in a vision. Now, notice it said the Lord. Now, if, listen, I know you, you got your phones and apps, and I love that. I have, mine, I have about 60 books on my iPad. I travel with systematic theology, all kinds of things on my iPad, but there's just nothing like putting your hands on it. And by the way, you ought to get your red-letter edition of the Bible because the red-letter edition of the Bible gives you the words of Jesus in red letter. You say, well, why do I need to do that? Because if not, you just read through that, you won't know it was Jesus himself literally speaking. That's all his word, but in verse number 9, this is Jesus. In a vision, Jesus spoke to him because in that moment he needed him, and I need him where I live and work. Anybody else? Here's what it says. Do not be what? Hmm, 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 hmm. As Pastor Eric says, ain't God good. Now watch. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to work with autistic kids. Hmm. Don't be afraid to work with those off the chain. Don't be afraid to mess with someone who's different than you are and looks different than you are. Don't be afraid. 
If God has called you, one of our men in his 70s walked out of the service last Sunday morning and said, one of our great servants, he says, I, 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 I got a problem here. He said, he said, I, he said I want to be in Discipleship University, but I know I need to be also serving these kids. So he stepped out of his comfort zone and, and wasn't in, in service because he was serving last Wednesday night. You see, no matter your age, God's calling you out of your comfort zone. And Paul, in this moment, listen, you may think it was easy, but it was hard. Do you know who was in his church? Listen to this. I, I pulled this, this off because I don't have a New Living Translation uh, in, in, in hand form, but I pulled this off. 1 Corinthians 1, 26 through 29. Here's what Paul says in the New Living Translation. Remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. See, some of you think that I'm not smart enough to lead. I'm not smart enough to impact the world. I should, I should have a doctorate or I should be doing, I should have, have child psychology. Listen, you, you got three or four kids, you got psychology, all kinds of it, and that's another message. Verse 27, instead, God chose things, now listen to me, the world considered foolish in order to shame those who think they're wise. And he chose, now watch, the things that are powerless to shame those that are powerful. God chose those, and listen, these things despised by the world. Introverts, by the way, are despised by the world. Because the world will run over you. But can I tell you this? That I'm an introvert's introvert, and you wouldn't believe it. There ain't no way you'd believe it, but I am. But what I discovered is this a long time ago. When God's seed gets inside of you, and you quit allowing your old nature to control you, and you get involved in the Lord, let me tell you that the Holy Spirit will get loose inside of you, and an introvert will become an extrovert when he's in the place he's to live and work and do ministry. John Martin, you my buddy. John Martin is literally that way. Two or three weeks ago, John Martin is coming out of his comfort zone. He's one of the guys that does our cooking. And John looked at me standing there at 601, 601. He looked at me and said, well, Brother Keith, you lead us in prayer. And I'm like, I'm not leading us in prayer. You're the man that's head right here today. Because I didn't need to lead in prayer because he's the man of God in that moment. And sir, listen to me. You don't need a preacher to come to your house and lead your house. You're the man of God. You're the man of God. Be the man of God. Lady, you don't need somebody else to come in and babysit your kids 24-7. You're the woman of God. Be the woman of God. Students, you don't need a student pastor to come lead you six days a week. You're the person of God. You say, well, I'm not qualified. You never were anyway. But now watch what he says to Paul. I'm sorry I got a little bit loud there. I couldn't help it. I'll get back in my introverted state right now. <laughs> Might run out of time. Don't be afraid, but go on speaking. Pastor, watching online or in the house, get with it. You've been speaking the right things, you're just tired. Grandparent, keep on speaking the right thing, you're just tired. Don't quit. Keep on speaking the truth of the Word of God. Now watch this, and don't be silent. Our nation is in the state it's in now because churches shut down, became social clubs, and dealt with the things that they should. They should have been dealing with the right things, and we've been dealing with the right things ever since we came together. And this church has a history of dealing with the right things, but somewhere she lost her way. But God brought this crazy preacher from Kentucky filled with the Spirit of God and the Word of God and nothing good of himself back together. And you've done the work, and we've reclaimed what was lost. And because of that, now we're raising a generation. If you were on our young ministry on Sunday evening, you'd find out that these young people are on fire for the Lord Jesus Christ. These students are on fire. They're in colleges and secular and Christian college, and they're going to change the world, and we're going to raise up another generation. But we need you to quit being silent. Don't be afraid. Sign back up. Get back involved. Now watch what he says here. I'm almost through. For I am, notice, I'm with you. 
Have the baby. He's with you. Get married. He's with you. Become a minister of the gospel. Lean into preaching. Become the man God wants you to be, the woman God wants you to be. You can do it. God is with you. So I've never been there before. And listen, nobody else has either. You can do it. He says this here, I'm with you and no one will attack you to harm you. Here it is. I'm done now for I have many in this city who are my people. He says, hey, Paul, you be not alone. King James, you be not alone. See, there's the problem right there for some of you. You're not involved in the church. There's never a week that I'm alone. Yesterday morning, I don't know what time it was early, one of our young, young men, early 20-something, could not be in our men's study yesterday morning, but he cared enough to get up. He had to be somewhere else yesterday and texted this old preacher and said, I'm praying for you today. And I said, God of heaven, I know I'll do all right today because somebody in the church is loving me. You see, when my, my mother died in Kentucky, over eight hours away, I knew I wouldn't be alone when I went home to preach my mom's funeral. I looked out in the crowd and some of you had driven eight hours. Brother Roger and, and Brother Jay drove eight hours up and drove all the way back the same day. Do you have anybody in your life that way? You see, uh, on Tuesday morning at 8 o'clock, and we have time together in the ch chapel, I, anybody else have pastors like I've got and leaders like I have? This afternoon I'll meet with 18 deacons, and our deacons mean there won't be no fuss, there won't be no cuss. There won't be any fighting. There won't be any division because there's one leader in our church, his name is Jesus, and we're on the same page because we know we all are servants together, and we come together to do God's work. You don't have to vote on God's work. So those 18 deacons will hear the vision of what God's doing. They'll tell me what God's saying in their hearts, and we'll get together, and we'll talk about the members of our church that need prayer, and we'll get down on our knees and pray, and we'll storm the gates of hell with a water pistol this evening. You see, that's because that's who God's called us to be. And today I want to tell you this. Four things as we leave out here. Number one is this. You should fully embrace the love of Jesus. Until you embrace his love, you can't love somebody else. In 1 John 4, 7 through 11, the Bible says, He that knoweth God knoweth love, for God is love. He that knoweth not God knoweth not love, because they do not know God. If you know God, you know what? You'll do as he did. He gave his life for us, and all we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. Listen to me. The reason that I can minister outside these walls is because I'm being ministered to inside these walls. There's never a day that I'm not senior adults praying for me at 3 a.m., 2 a.m., 1 a.m. There's never a moment someone's not caring for me. Stopping in by Ingalls, there's the lady that God had there for me that we ministered together for 45 minutes, had prayer right there in the place. Listen to me. When you're in a church that cares with, for you, let me tell you, you can't lose. And I want to tell you today that some of you, the reason that you are down and out is because you haven't had anybody put their arm around you and simply say, you can make it. Diane Dooley this week when they had their funeral for her mom. I see you said you and Wayne back. What a great celebration of your mom's life. I was encouraged by just simply being. The house was full, but I wanted her pastor to be there too. And Diane ran back to me and grabbed me and hugged me. And she said, I passed this celebration today. Pastor Howard and I sat right there together. We sat right there together. And then Mary McCracken, are you still in here today? Mary, Mary, Mary's not here today because her niece, niece is getting baptized. But Mary McCracken's probably 80, a little bit older than that. She's sitting there and she's just hugging right up to her pastor. Hugging right up to her passions. You know, I prayed for you this morning. That's why I prayed for you. As mean as you are, I prayed for you this morning. She's just a wonderful person. She really is. I, I just have a good time with her. Listen, that's the church you need to be in. Second, you know what you ought to do? You ought to join some team in this church. 
Sitting right over here is our, our Connect Group director. we got people in this room. If you just email the church this week and say, I can only meet on this night. I can only be a part of that Sunday morning. Whatever it is, you need to join a team. You need to be a person who's serving in some capacity. So, well, I don't know how to pray. We'll teach you how to pray as we do it together. You say, I don't know how to read the Bible. We'll teach you how to do this as we do it together. I don't know how to be a man or woman of God. We'll teach you that as we do it. You see, you learn on the fly. You learn as you go. You learn as you go. Thirdly, I'll tell you this, be, be courageous in this city. I'll tell you this, quit getting out of the city. On Friday night, find yourself, be a tent maker for Jesus. Buy a business here in this city. Shop here, eat here, live here, die here. Be a part of what God's doing here. And listen to me, when you do that, when you do that, listen to me, you are a, literally as it comes on the screen, you are a tent maker for Jesus. The many places that we get to go around the world is because we're doing it home. Listen to me, I will not take you with me anywhere if you're not doing it already here. Because this, here's where it starts out with us that we reach out in 2024, 2000, late 24, 2025. We plan to put all of our effort to plant a church up in inner city Atlanta. It's a hard to do that to turn that city around, but we can't turn some other city around if we don't know how to do it in our own city. And so we're doing it in our own city. You be a part of that as well. And lastly and finally, love everybody for the sake of their soul. Just start loving people. Just, you know, just love people. Just, just love people. You say, well, Pastor, I can't. Well, yeah, you can. But you got to get over yourself. You see, if you just let Jesus walk with you, he'll say something to you like this, Keith, they need the Lord. I mean, last night, Sherry, Sherry said it to me about, you know, Sherry, Sherry is the Holy Spirit for me sometimes. She really is. Kathy, you're the Holy Spirit for Chris every once in a while. You need to be every once in a while. And she said to me, we're sitting in chairs by ourselves. She said about certain people, she said, now you know they need Jesus. Did you not say that last night? I want to tell you, the more that you love God, the more that this city will be on your heart. And First Baptist Church, as we minister together, you know what you need to do with this invitation. Thank you for joining the movement. We hope that you would reach out to us at info at jacksonfbc.com with your questions and check out more of our ministries at jacksonfbc.com.